Welcome to Unsung Heroes with Johnny, Daniel, James, and Sam. Our goal is to leave no hero unsung. Welcome to the Unsung Heroes podcast. I'm Johnny and I'm joined with some friends. We have James. Hello. We have Samuel. Hello. And we have Daniel. Dan Man. Wow, he has his own intro music. Can it's I like, get my own intro music? What is this? Well, after our initial intro, we have another intro just for Daniel. I'm wow. Dan Man. <laughs> Where's Rachel? Where's Rachel? Uh, Thank you for joining us today on this episode of the podcast. Uh, today we have Sam here to present to us. Uh, Sam, who who are you going to be doing? We are going to be talking about a, uh, a really interesting guy. His name is Joshua Abraham Norton. Um, and just to give you a little sneak peek about this guy, uh, his full name that he liked to be called was Emperor Norton I, Emperor of the United States and protector of Mexico. This is the guy who invented the Norton antivirus. The antivirus guy, yeah, I'm pretty (laughs) sure it's gotta be. (laughs) We were talking about that before the episode started because none of us knew who this person was, but now that you mention Emperor of America, America, I've heard something about this. This sounds familiar, but I I don't remember. Huh, that's interesting. Oh, wait, isn't this the guy in California, the hobo dude? This is the very same. Yes, this is the United States. Actually, you should get bonus points for that because that's pretty impressive. All right, guys, hold on. Let me me put that down. Okay, so that puts me at about 100 points in front of everyone. 100 points. I didn't say I'd give you 100 points. Okay, keep a track of this. Okay, for for any new listeners who might be confused, we don't have a point system. They're just making this up as they go along. Not until now. Maybe we should, though. Well, how are we going to... Well, guys, we tried this at the Vivian Thomas episode, but... We did, didn't we? None of y'all went with it, so... <laughs> is this like who, whose line is anyway, where it's like the points don't matter and just make it up? Everything's right? made oh, up yeah. and the yeah. points don't yeah. matter. Is that right? Cool. Well, yeah. Samuel, so this guy is from California. What is he kind of known for in a snippet then? Well, he he's really... Um, I don't know. He is known for a lot of different things. He's just kind of an eccentric man who... Basically, to kind of give you a summary of his life, he is a man who moved to the United States and became the first and only emperor of the United States, kind of as a a title he gave himself. So Hmm. this basically is a story about how he uh, kind of won over a community. It's a really just fascinating story. He's he's just an odd guy and really kind of follows in... um, I don't know, just kind of some of the odder people that we've talked about on this show. He's probably one of the oddest ones. So, you know, I'm surprised mm. you would call a self-proclaimed emperor eccentric. You know, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so I'm very curious about this. Um, was his self-proclaimed emperorship in jest or was it like a serious thing for him? You know, that's a that's a really good question. And I think we could have some some discussions about the interpretation of his decisions because um, I kind of lean towards he was just kind of losing his mind, but there are some people (laughs) who have made the argument that he really wasn't losing his mind, that he was completely sane while he was doing all these things. Wow. But we, uh, we shall see. Let's, 
we'll have to have a good discussion about that later on. Yeah, but, so uh, so what kind of time period was this all in? So basically, just to kind of let you know what this is, the, the setting for the, his life, basically, uh, Norton was born in 1819 in Great Britain, but he spent most of his early childhood, he didn't spend it in the United States, he actually spent it in South Africa, uh, so we get some representation here. All right. That's more Australian accent. Crikey. Johnny, yeah, what, what's up with crikey? That's not South African. Once again, we're like mixing our countries <laughs> yeah, and yes, accents. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, you've got to have a very nice South African accent. <laughs> a very nice South African That's accent. That's cheating, dude. You grew up with South African parents, man. You That's get, true. I know. They aren't Afrikaans, so... Okay. The only thing I can accent. say in that accent is the, is, is the name of the country, South Africa. <laughs> I can't say anything else. Yeah. I love it. That's all you need but, to say, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he spent his childhood in South Africa, and we don't really know much about his early life. But in 1849, um, so this would have been 30 years later, doing the math right now. So he moves to San Francisco, which San Francisco in 1849, this is during the time of the gold rush. So a lot of people are moving to the Bay Area, to California to make a profit. And Norton, uh, actually he succeeds in doing this. He did a really good job of just moving in, settling into San Francisco, and he turned a huge profit doing real estate. Mm. So he spends a few years there and he starts to become a, a significantly wealthy wealthy man, but it doesn't last for him. In 1843, uh, unfortunately, because of some some trade policies that were going on in China, San Francisco experienced a, a rice shortage, uh, a rice shortage, and seeking to capitalize off of that issue that was going on, Norton decided that he was going to invest pretty much all of his money into getting rice from Peru, and so he tried to monopolize this market. But the problem was, uh, within a few months of like getting all of like taking all of his money and investing it in this market, uh, more people kind of got the same idea in different locations. And so all of the rice started pouring back into San Francisco. And what happens when all of the rice pours back in, all of the the price of rice just drops significantly. Man. So basically he just loses all of his money just because he made a bad investment into That's all why of his you money. Diversify your portfolios, people. Right. Yeah, man. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> buy wheat, buy potatoes. Don't just buy rice. <laughs> <laughs> Get a whole like filling dish, you know. Yeah. And that's just <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Just serve the whole buffet. Yep. But so yeah, so during this time, 1853, he's lost pretty much all of his money. And from this point, for about four or five years. He's really gone off the radar. We we don't hear much from him. We don't know what's going on. Some people think he leaves the city. Some people think he just kind of stays and goes underground. He really, uh, he just kind of lays low. We don't really know much about what's going on there. But in 1859, in September, Norton reemerges. And he reemerges in probably the most fantastic way you could ever think of. Because this is what he does. He he marches up to the office of the San Francisco Daily Bulletin, which is a newspaper during this time. And he hands the person in the office, he hands them this little paper. And this is what it says. Let me just read it for you guys. It says, At the peremptory request and desire 
of a large majority of the citizens of these United States, I, Joshua Norton, declare and proclaim myself Emperor of these United States. Signed, Emperor the First, uh, Emperor Norton the First, Emperor of the United States. You're telling me you can just walk up and declare yourself Emperor? Why haven't Why I done this that? earlier? <laughs> did he did he cross the Rubicon first? <laughs> he didn't say it. He declared it. That's what that's what was going on. Wow. I'm also wow. confused why he did it to like a newspaper and not like the government. Hey, I mean, if you want people to rally behind you, you got to get it out there, right? That's true. Yeah, he he knows the power of media right there. <laughs> he really does because this is the surprising thing. Instead of ignoring him, the newspaper, their I guess they had a an off day in their in their news cycle. They decided to publish the statement in the newspaper without putting any comments in it. They just like let it out to the public. Uh, the senior editor must have been like, ah, this is hilarious. Put it out there. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> I think this is like the start of like, I don't know, either memes or fake news. I can't Probably tell. Cl- clickbait, you know? Like, yeah, that's it. <laughs> newspapers like, hate this man. <laughs> Politicians hate him. I want J.K. Simmons to play the editor that this guy approached. Yeah, exactly. I know, yeah. seriously. <laughs> I want more pictures of Emperor Norton. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, so he does manage to get that little, uh, announcement to the world published for everybody to read. And so everybody picks up the newspaper the next day and they suddenly notice that there's a guy who's declaring himself emperor. Now, the funny thing is like the, the public obviously is going to start taking notice of this and especially, uh, within the next few weeks, uh, a general catches his attention, uh, and he the general comes up to him and basically basically is like, "Hey, are you the guy who's uh, trying to become emperor?" I'm kind of playing off this a little bit, but after a little bit of a conversation, the general decides to give him a uniform, and so oh, no. <laughs> he starts walking and marching around the city in this imperial uniform and definitely starts to catch the attention of the rest of the city. Oh my goodness. Oh wow. <laughs> this is how it begins. I love how people are just feeding feeding his desire to be <laughs> Oh, you want to be emperor? Okay then. <laughs> oh my god. Is this wait wait wait. So this this general who gave him the uniform, was he like kind of just messing with him like wanting to joke around and give it to him or was he like you are my emperor here is my here is your <laughs> I think the former is probably more likely but Samuel probably knows I pledge my allegiance to you <laughs> I don't know you'll see this as a common thing I'm not going to spoil anything but you see this as a common occurrence throughout his life wow and uh yeah it just gets better from here um yeah, so he's wearing this uniform now. He's going around the city. Next month, the San Francisco Bulletin, once again, he's chosen this bulletin to kind of announce his proclamations to the public of San Francisco. Oh, my goodness. And he, he gives another proclamation. This is what it says. Fraud and corruption prevent a fair and proper expression of the public voice, in consequence of which we do hereby abolish Congress. <laughs> let me let me guess. Congress goes. All right. Okay. okay. Well, so, <laughs> all right, guys. Let's pack it up. Let's go. You home. see all of the politicians in D.C. They just look at the newspaper. They're like, you know what, guys? 
I think our time is up. It's yeah. been a good run, guys. <laughs> it's like, what, what's it been? A hundred years? We had some good times. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but I think wow. our time is done. Yeah, uh, and it, it just keeps going. Like the next summer, eighteen sixty, where they're at the brink of civil war. The United States uh, is about to break into break into war, and Emperor Norton he decides he's going to run another proclamation to dissolve the union, and he made himself the absolute monarch. Which, when I read that, I kind of was confused because. I thought he had already done that, but apparently this was like solidifying it that he is now officially the monarch of the United States of America. Well, see, see, he so he dissolved the union. Yeah. So he was, you know, I guess, I guess in a sense, declaring himself above the petty conflicts of the Civil War. Is that kind of what he's exactly. saying? Exactly. Ah, and, <laughs> and despite this kind of very odd amount of statements, he really did want there to be kind of peace and unity. And you notice that throughout the rest of his life, he's really like, despite how he's going about this, he really does want to bring out a good change. And so I think for him, this is just kind of how he wanted to, to bring about the unity that a lot of people were hoping for. So Samuel, again, I I don't, I don't, I, I don't know how much people have looked into this, but do historians debate whether or not this was you know, like some kind of manic episode that he was just kind of filled with illusions of grandeur? Or do people actually think maybe he was providing some kind of satirical commentary? And maybe did the newspaper pick up on this? Is that why they were even publishing these things? Like like you, that, you know? what's that newspaper thing or the booklet that was released in England about eating kids? Or oh, whatever? the satire? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the first yeah, yeah, famous yeah. satire. Um, yeah. Jonathan Swift. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. What is it called? Um, uh, that is called... Uh, what is it called? Yeah, a gr- a great pro- a supplement proposal? A modest proposal. A modest proposal. A modest proposal. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. No. So the newspapers, I don't think they were necessarily doing that because this was satire or anything or because, I mean, he was living this day in and day out. Wow. Now, historians really have debated how sane he was. And I'm interested to hear from you guys uh, as we go on. Like, do you think this guy is sane or do you guys think he's just out of his mind? Because I think you could make an argument that he did kind of have some understanding of reality and maybe he was just going along with this. I mean, uh, his, his his writing's somewhat eloquent, I would say. And, and you know, I, I'm reminded of that guy. There's a current guy right now who I think runs every election, like Supreme Vermin Leader or whatever. Oh, oh yeah, this, yeah. This guy who wears a boot on his oh, head. Oh, yes, yes, and, yes, uh, yes. I, th- I think his is more of a satirical thing, but hey, he's probably a little bit you know, odd as well, perhaps. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. like you have to have a level of insanity to attempt such a thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that he is just actually insane or anything. Um, but I definitely think at the very least, he's extremely eccentric. Yeah. 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 Uh, but at the most, you know, he's out of his mind completely, but I, yeah. I wouldn't go so far as to say that. So what happens next, Samuel? <laughs> Well, so we we go a few years later in 1863. He's continuing to to keep this up, and during this time, uh, the French, so Napoleon the Third, decided to invade Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, in a in an act of international diplomacy, Emperor Norton decided to add the name Protector of Mexico to his official title. <laughs> Please tell me that Mexico was like, yeah, sure. Why sure. <laughs> sure. I don't know if they ever heard about this, but I'm sure if they did, they would be like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now his official name is Norton the First Emperor of the United States, Protector of Mexico. 
Wow. You know, I love that he's adding that title. I feel like like monarchs in the past haven't had the name protector as frequently. Yeah, I know. So it's interesting that that's like, no, 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 I'm not the emperor of Mexico. I'm the protector of Mexico. <laughs> it's like a I'm merely protect yeah. them. So like Mexico is a vassal state kind of, I guess. Like they're like a yeah. subsidiary. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, so does he end up... Yeah, uh, they're, not, they're not paying taxes to him, but they're going to pay for the wall. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, 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 ding, ding, ding. Anyway, um, so I, I know knowing the spoilers on the Napoleon the Third thing a little bit. I don't. I'm assuming he doesn't end up dissuading Napoleon. III. No, he doesn't even go to Mexico. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no. Sorry to anybody who was really excited about that battle. Some scene. protector. Oh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> he was just. I don't know. Maybe he's just virtue signaling or something. <laughs> they're about to land on Mexico, and they're like, "Did you hear?" <laughs> the emperor has come protecting Mexico. Your cards. Your cards. <laughs> well, is the protector of Mexico. Where he is, is a coward. <laughs> Throwback to the other episode, man. Oh, my God. oh man. Oh, okay. I love how our Frenchmen are always like very worked up. <laughs> they're always like super just, worked up. They're really passionate. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they're so ready he's to a fight. Pro- he's a protector of Mexico. And yes. Does it, yes, what, does, does the newspapers publish this as well? Do you know if they're? Like- oh, they did. Oh man, they've been following <laughs> this guy. Like they would publish. Oh, he goes for about twenty years doing this uh, until basically the day he dies. And, 20 years. And he's publishing things all the time. And, I mean, if you're a newspaper, at least if I was working in a newspaper uh, industry, I think I wouldn't get enough of it. Like, there's just so much interesting content going on with this. So he just, he over the next several years, he just keeps publishing different proclamations. And some of them, some of them actually are kind of thoughtful and almost even prophetic. I'll read you a few of these in just a second. Uh, some of them are, once again, just kind of uh, ridiculous, but he he does things, for example, like he he made a proclamation of a few years after the protector of Mexico name uh, name dubbing. He, he basically made a proclamation where he asked for countries to form together in a way that would look very similar eventually to the League of Nations. So oh. he's basically like ahead of his time saying, you know what, all the countries should come together and kind of form this, I don't know, this, this sense of unity, this type of truce in some sense. Another example of this is he, he called for the fair tre- treatment of ethnic minorities, which during this day would have been unfortunately a very uh, rare occurrence at, at times. And he called for women's rights to vote. That was another one of his proclamations that he made in the paper. What year is this? He's like, wait, wait, vote, vote for who? You're the emperor. (laughs) (laughs) See, that makes me think maybe it is satirical, right? Yeah. Oh, maybe. (laughs) Um, So um, what year was this that he wrote these things, Samuel? This is in the 1860s. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. yeah, That's women's suffrage was what? 1920? Yeah. 1910, 1920s. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's a way ahead early in this time. Um. Of course, he does go on the other end of the spectrum. And this one, this one isn't necessarily quite as verified as the other ones. But apparently, in one of his proclamations, he called for a $25 fine for anyone who called San Francisco Frisco. Just by the nickname <laughs> Frisco. Oops. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, so, if you hear that, you will be, uh, you'll be getting $25 out of your wallet. Yikes. So... 
I better go pay that real quick because I'm yeah. sure I've called it Frisco <laughs> in my life. He must have really not like, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, people ever ask the question, like, what would you do if you were absolute dictator of the world? And people yeah. have these kind of funny jokes. I think for him, it was like really getting on his nerves. People called it Frisco. And he's like, I would ban Frisco. I would ban it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so he does kind of go on both ends of the spectrum. One more uh, interesting one. Of course, he made several proclamations. One of the most interesting ones, though, in my mind, and honestly, one of the most prophetic ones was he made a proclamation that a bridge should be made connecting San Francisco and Oakland. The the two cities are right near each other. Huh. And about 50 years later, the Bay Bridge was made. The, ah. the bridge that was connecting San Francisco and Oakland was actually made. Well, well yeah. I mean, they were just following his orders. Uh, exactly. So they... <laughs> I feel like a really revisionist history could be written right now. I know. <laughs> I know, seriously. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my favorite is the League of Nations, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but apparently there are several groups that have been going around trying to name, like rename the bridge after Emperor Norton. Oh, really? dude, I will sign that petition. I would yes. sign that too. I Let's will sign that. That's amazing. Link, link this podcast in that petition. Let them know. I know, seriously. So those are a few of his proclamations that he made. Before I keep going with this, I'm interested to know, what do you guys think the public is doing? Like, how are they reacting to this guy? How would you react to this guy? They if you are eating it up. You think so? <laughs> I honestly, I would think of him as kind of this, well, okay, it depends. I feel like today, some people might take it way too seriously and call for him to be arrested or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, depending on how serious he is about it. But I feel like me personally, I would just think it's one big romp and a riot. And I would think it's hilarious. Right. And I'd want to be just reading about all these proclamations he's making. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine every day you wake up, you go on the front page of Reddit and, you know, there's more Emperor Norton than this. Emperor Norton, there he is. <laughs> Proclaim this. Yeah. yeah. No, honestly, when I was reading this, that seems to be the general impression I'm getting that most people are kind of following in that footsteps that they're just eating this up, that this is like the first thing that they do when they check the news each morning is looking at what <laughs> Emperor Norton has done that day. <laughs> wow. So he, does, so does he become kind of like a local celebrity because of that? Oh man, that's exactly what he becomes. Wow. So to kind of, to show you the progression of how important this guy becomes to San Francisco. So it starts off when he's first starting to make um, when he's first starting to make grounds in San Francisco and kind of promoting his emperorship, people uh, quickly recognize him. I mean, he's very easy to spot in his in his uh, in his outfit, but people start to come up to him on the street and they start to like begin to bow to him whenever he's passing by. And remember, he was still broke at this time. He he didn't have any money. He'd lost it all. So others who kind of recognized that he was broke really didn't have much to live off of. They would start giving him money and they would start saying they were paying taxes to him. Oh. <laughs> this guy is, is in the long con. Uh, yeah, oh, man. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as he, continue, as he continues to publish these proclamations, as these decrees in the newspaper, uh, people start to like see him as a local celebrity, like shops in San Francisco start to sell pictures and figurines of him as souvenirs. And they, and then uh, as well, like theaters begin to like reserve the best seats for him in opening <laughs> nights just because he's the emperor and everybody loves the emperor. Oh my gosh, that's the best, dude. Are you kidding me? I would love that if you're like, 
Like, you know, declare yourself emperor, and now all of a sudden you have, like, front row seats on every show. The, the equivalent exactly. today, like, you know, it's like, you know, Patreon is a website where you can have patrons, you know, pay you monthly if you're creating content or creating something. It's it's like today the emperor would have a Patreon. Yeah, People yeah, are just yeah. giving yes, him exactly. money. Yeah. He get, I, I can't believe that. He just he just walks up and says he's emperor. And, 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 and this is now, what happens. Now he's, dude, the, 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 the free seat in the theater is what's get, what gets me, man. That's great. Those seats are expensive, too. It's not only yeah. at the theater. Like, he's starting to eat free at many of San Francisco's restaurants. In exchange, <laughs> what Norton the first would do is he would give the restaurants the right to post an imperial seal of approval. And it would just say, like, by appointment to his imperial majesty, Norton the First. They would just put a little sign out in the it's window. Like a, it's like one of those Yelp check marks, you know, that you get exactly. by your restaurant. Dude, he was so ahead of his time because this is literally what, like, an influencer slash Patreon person would do these days. Yeah, exactly, true. yeah. That's, that's true. So wow. he's he's got his little Norton seal of approval in the window of every shop he goes into at this point. I like to imagine it's like him giving, like, a thumbs up and a wink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He starts like a new column in the newspaper called Norton's Review or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, another really funny thing, the local directory started actually giving him the name Emperor, as well as in the census that happened in, uh, I believe it was 19, or 1870, they actually listed his name as Emperor Norton I. <laughs> That's amazing. But th- they also did, they did happen to mention that he was insane, but that was kind of beside the point. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, and then the best the best part about this, and I think this is the part that really captures how much the, the city had fallen in love with him. So in 1867, there was a, a police officer who had basically just gotten fed up with Norton. Mm. And he was just tired of seeing him wandering around. Once again, he's really just kind of, I mean, he's basically almost homeless at this point. And he arrests Norton the first for vagrancy. Uh so the police officer takes him into prison for a few days. And the next day, the arrest was published in the newspapers throughout the city, and the whole city became outraged. Wow. 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 So let me just read. There, there are two, uh, two quotes from a newspaper that I, I would just want to read just to give you kind of a sense of like how, how fed up people were with this police officer and just that they would even have the audacity to arrest this man. This is, this is what the first one says. It says, In what can only be described as the most dastardly of errors, Joshua A. Norton was arrested today. He's being held on the ludicrous charge of lunacy, known and loved by all true San Franciscans as Emperor Norton. This kindly monarch of Montgomery Street is less a lunatic than those who have engineered these trumped up charges. As they will learn, his majesty's loyal subjects are fully appraised of this outrage. Oh my goodness. This is like a major inside joke. The whole city's I know. Exactly. It's so great. Which again, you know, it's like, oh, why why are they making fun of this guy? Well, you know, at the same time, he's he's getting treated pretty nicely by the people, it seems like, you know? Exactly. It's really interesting. Mm. That's crazy. You can't even get arrested. He's untouchable, man. He really can't be. And this is this is another one. I really I read this quote from the newspaper and it just it just threw me off how I don't know how on point it is. Let me read it to you. It says Norton was in his day a respectable merchant, and since he has worn the imperial purple, he has shed no blood, robbed nobody, and despoiled the country of no one which is more than can be said of any of his fellows in that line. <laughs> wow. 
five star review. Wow. <laughs> Which seriously, like, I mean, it kind of has a point. That's the, yeah, yeah. That is the funniest it. thing. That's really great. <laughs> but uh, so basically, the police force they they see what's going on, and the the chief of police recognizes who this guy is, and immediately is like, "Hey, we have to let this guy go. He he really isn't a vagrant. He's just he's our emperor." So <laughs> let him go. He's our emperor. He's our emperor. You yeah, can't he, arrest he comes, him. He comes back. He's like, well, "Who did you say you just put away?" Uh, this is, that's the emperor. Yeah. <laughs> and the the funniest part about this, though, and oh my gosh, what's just so funny? This whole city's gotten wrapped up in it. From that point on, all of the police officers begin to salute him anytime he passes by. Dude, <laughs> phenomenal! So, oh my goodness, uh, has somebody made a movie about this? I mean, there's so many great movie I don't tropes know. that we've been yeah. putting into this right now. Yeah. I mean, this is this is hilarious. Wow. But I don't know. He's just such an interesting figure because he he really, I don't know. He becomes basically like the city's mascot, like the the person that everybody can cheer for, even though he really has nothing. Uh, to his name, he has, um, I don't know, all that he has going for him at this point is he thinks he's an emperor, and everybody just loves to play play along with it. And it's just such a, I don't know, it's just such a positive, like, a tribute to San Francisco at this time. Wow. That's really funny. Yeah, I can't imagine it going over that well today, you know? Like no, I don't think this. so. Probably mm-hmm. not. Yeah, we're, we're um, too too like you know social media and all this kind of stuff is just yeah, too, yeah. I feel like like with the internet, all, it would become a national thing, and that's never a good thing. And then <laughs> and, and yeah, then, when uh, it becomes like a, this yeah. seems so much like a local, just like inside joke, like you guys were saying, like this is like a part of their local culture, and just being able to celebrate this guy, if it it spread throughout the United States, I think it would have ruined the joke. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. Unless like. Because then everybody's like, Congress yeah. doesn't who was, rule who was me. President, who was president at the time? Was it like Coolidge or somebody? I don't remember exactly. But the president in the 1860s, would like, it would have been Lincoln and Oh, oh, it's uh, so still in the 1860s, yeah. Yeah, so Lincoln calls I him to like, the office. I feel like Lincoln would have gone along with it. <laughs> he probably would have. <laughs> yeah. Calls him into the, the White House and pledges allegiance or something <laughs> crazy like that. Yeah. Um, oh, man. But... But yeah, that's basically what goes on for the rest of his life. Once, I, Like I said before, he does this for about 20 years, just kind of going around. He would meet, meet at different places. He would actually speak at local like political events that are going on. He would basically just became the mascot for the city. Uh, and in 1880, so he's at the beginning of the year, uh, Norton I, he died of a stroke, unfortunately. Mm. And this is the craziest thing to me. His funeral was attended by 10,000 people. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he, he was just left for, he did it for that long. Yeah. That's... He kept it, he kept it up. He kept it going for about 20 years. And by the end of it, like, there was a little thing that I read. It said that when, when he died, the newspaper published, like, in big headlines, the king is dead. Oh, man. And in, Aww. like, his, in his epigraph on his, on his tombstone, it said, like, here lies Norton the First, Emperor of the United States of America. And it didn't even put it in quotation marks. Wow. Just like, this is the Emperor of the United States. Well, little yeah. known fact, when Nietzsche said, 
God is dead, a lot of people think he's talking about, you know, God, but he's actually talking about Emperor Norton. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> it's it's, it's his dead. eulogy. How do we move on? <laughs> but wow. he eventually Man. goes on. He, he becomes an inspiration for a bunch of novelists, uh, including like, um, including Mark Twain, because Mark Twain was actually living in San Francisco whenever Norton was first starting to, <laughs> huh. that's great. to wow. come up. Imagine, imagine being a, a famous author at this time, and you have this... All this material. Yeah, all this material. Oh, so much material. Just, oh, man, ripe with good quality, free stuff right there. Wow. Yeah. So that is the life of our Emperor Norton, the first Emperor wow. of the United States, Protector of Mexico. That what a crazy story, man. I, I feel like I feel like it's a piece of history that probably was very well known at a time, but I feel like it's just totally lost for many yeah. people. Yeah, so. it really is. And I think the thing about this guy that I really just enjoy about him is he's not necessarily one of these heroes that saved a bunch of lives, but like if you were living at San, San Francisco during this time, I feel like your day would just be a little bit better when you saw him coming around or when you saw his proclamation in the newspaper. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's, That's true. I mean, I would definitely look forward to like, oh, what's his proclamation now? Yeah. I mean, he's not he's not enforcing anything, right? All you get no. taxes is voluntary. Yeah. Um yeah. all he does is write neat pieces in the newspaper. I mean, he is saying <laughs> he he is saying stuff like Congress isn't a thing. And and any, if any, there's no anything one, Americans love, it's bashing the government. So, I mean, hey. Well, he's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just love, like, opening a newspaper and be like, ha, 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 a bridge from San Francisco to Oakland? Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That'll never happen. That'll Norton. never happen. <laughs> oh, Norton. Oh, Norton. <laughs> Man, thanks for sharing that, Sam. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Sam. Definitely. All right, well, we can go ahead and sing a song about uh, Emperor Norton I. Uh, so James has been writing a couple of stanzas here. I think, uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap these. All right. I think. I'll, I'll, I'll get a beat going. Let's do this. All right, kick it off. Emperor Norton of the USA Lived in South Africa but didn't stay Went into hiding selling rice from Peru Now declaring to the world that he rules over you Uh, dissolving Congress and his fame power grow Gonna stop the French protector of Mexico Banning all the plebs from calling it Frisco Telling off Napoleon that he's gotta go Long live the Emperor Joshua Norton Long live the Emperor Norton the First Norton the First. Wow. <laughs> wow. First go. Don't say it! Oh, 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 oh no! <laughs> wow. And that's $50. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, wow. Well, thanks so much, Sam. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah thank yeah, you, thank Sam. You. Cool. Definitely. All right. Anything else to add, guys? Well, I think it's about time for America to officially recognize their emperor. That's I think true. I think there should be some kind of monument in Washington. Just kind yeah. of a little plaque somewhere, be. maybe, you know? Yeah. Like right next to Abraham Lincoln, like a little smaller <laughs> Yeah. A little right smaller statue. To, no, I'm thinking like a monument like next to Lincoln's monument that's a little bit bigger, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the Washington monument? Let's just make another taller one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that's fitting. <laughs> uh no, yeah. Cool. Uh, so just a little tip to any of our listeners out there. Uh, if you want to be emperor, just go down to your local news news outlet and say you're the emperor, and then boom, yep. there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Profit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Step four, profit. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, everybody. Stay frisco. Bye-bye. <laughs>